Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Abba. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Welcome. Rise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace, as your mighty presence now fills this place. Let your glory fall, Father. Let your glory fall. Hallelujah. Welcome to the call. Welcome to the prayer call this morning. Can everybody please put their phones on mute? I'm hearing an echo, please. Excuse me. Thank you, thank you. Welcome again, everyone, to the prayer call. We are so glad that you're here with us, united, praising, worshiping our God together in unity where he commands the blessing. It's a command. Hallelujah. So get ready. Are you guys ready? I am ready to be blessed. I'm already blessed, right? We are already blessed. But he's about to pour on that more than we could ask or think. Hallelujah. And we just welcome you this morning to join in, to receive what Father God has for us as we lift up what we have for him. Amen. Let me introduce you to our team that's lined up this morning. My name is Sister Charlene Tuckerson. I'm your facilitator today. The leaders of our house at New Destiny Church are Bishop C. Carl Smith and Pastor Adrian Smith, and we say good morning, Bishop, and good morning, Lady Adrian. We welcome you, and we bless you in the name of the Lord. Our control, our prayer controller, the call controller is Sister Kimma Joseph. We say good morning to you, Sister Kimma, and we bless you, sis, in the name of the Lord. Our devotion leader this morning is Minister Linda Lightfoot. Good morning, Minister Linda. How are you doing? Good morning. I am blessed on top and rising. Okay. Hallelujah. I am blessed on top and rising. Amen. I like that. I like that, and I agree. And I agree for myself and everyone on this call, we are blessed, on top, and rising. Amen. Our prayer requests and any praise reports that have been submitted will be offered up by Sister Janice Allen. Good morning, Sister Janice. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. All right. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. God is Good. Hallelujah. You sound good, sis. Thank you. All right. So let's go before Father again, together in prayer, and then Minister Lightfoot can come with the devotion. Father, we just thank you for this day that you have made. We're already rejoicing. We're glad in it. Let everything that had breath Praise ye the Lord. 
And, Father, we praise you. Jesus, we lift you up that, Father God, may be glorified in you. We thank you for this day, this new day that we've never seen before. Father, we embrace it. We thank you for your grace, dear God, your grace, your unmerited favor to do what you called us to do. Father, we thank you. We ask that your Holy Spirit leading guide us, as your word says, to all the ways of truth, teaching us, leading us, protecting us, comforting us, as we, Father, lift up our hearts and our bowls to you this morning. We pray, dear God, that they're acceptable in your sight. As you have given us grace, God, we give you everything that we have. We yield it to you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Minister Lifelet, we're ready. Good morning, everyone. It's a great day in the kingdom this 11th day of January 2023. How about that? I want to say good morning to our bishop, Bishop Christopher Carl Smith. Good morning to Pastor Adrian. Good morning to all visiting pastors. Good morning to all clergy. And good morning to the New Destiny worshiping family, friends, and guests. Our topic of discussion is coming from 1 Corinthians 3 verses 9 through 15, which reads as follows, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For no other foundation can no man lay that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If Any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And also from Psalm 127, verse 1, which reads, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. First Corinthians is the first of two pastoral letters to the Corinthian church, a church that Paul founded by the Holy Ghost. The first Corinthian letter was written by Paul for the purpose of addressing problems that arose in the Corinthian church. The purpose of the letter was for instruction. It was for discipline and counsel. Corinth 
was a seaport and a trade center for trade routes passing from east to west. The resulting prosperity brought both luxury and immorality, so much so that they coined the phrase living like a Corinthian, which meant to live in gross immorality. The Corinthian church emerged in a city infested with pagan temples and practices. Those who transitioned out of paganism into Christianity were still early in their journey towards spiritual maturity, and as a result, they were carnal in their mentality and action. Their carnality was causing misunderstanding of the message of the gospel and the messenger. There are a gamut of issues addressed in Corinthians. In chapter 1, there's a report of divisions within the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 11 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Chapters 1 through 4 address the divisions, <clears throat> excuse me, for the reason and the reason for the divisions, First Corinthians one eighteen says, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God." There were two vital issues that were causing a ruckus: uh, the misunderstanding of the gospel message and the misunderstanding of the gospel messenger. The issue we're going to examine today is the misunderstanding of the gospel messenger. First Corinthians one twenty nine and B says that no flesh should glory in his presence. That according as it is written, he that glorious let him glory in the Lord. Paul pins this letter from the depths of his heart, demonstrating the love of God in himself, his love and passion for the people at Corinth and the work in which he had labored and poured himself into to further the gospel of our Lord. One of the problems that arose in the church was the people being more enamored with God's vessels more so than God himself. They were bickering among themselves and wanting to readily accept some ministers and not others. They bickered about who they should follow as leaders, not considering that those who ministered the word, they being vessels of God, were anointed and assigned to deliver messages according to divine direction and not the will of men. They were not understanding that each vessel had a part in the building, strengthening and nurturing of their spiritual growth at different levels and intervals of their development. And it is their development in Christ that was being constructed according to what God had purposed them to be and called them to do. But they were hung up on personalities, the sounds of voices, particular methods and articulation style, rather than the content of character and message. They didn't understand impartation, its importance and impact. They didn't understand that lifestyle, maturity, as well as anointed ability were key in proper upbringing in Christ. They didn't even recognize their lack of immaturity because they, their lack of maturity because they were in fact babes, new converts, 
coming out of paganism and newly transitioned into Christianity, the look good, sound good, feel good was what the pagan world used to gauge one's worth. But Paul wanted so desperately for them to grasp the understanding that they in their accepting the gospel as truth must be plunged into the truth of God's word, God's principles, and ultimately God's values. He wanted them to understand that it wasn't the educational upbringing in degrees that mattered as much as the vessel that literally walked with the Lord, led of the Spirit, laboring in prayer and meditation, that they might receive instruction from the Lord to give to them, that they might grow to the full maturity in Christ, living and breathing his word. It is vital that whosoever stood as a teacher should demonstrate that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And not only should they demonstrate it, they must live it publicly and privately. The vessels served them The vessels that served them were vessels of flesh, and the power was not at all in the flesh. The power of God was in God's word, which is truth and spoken by his spirit. Paul put it this way. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul stressed that he lives and encounters the same situations and circumstances. However, knowing Christ, Being able to access the wisdom of God enables him to overcome challenges. Make note that just because a person stands before you as a leader, teacher, minister, etc., does not mean that they are exempt of challenges, frailties, or faults. They must exercise their faith and look to God just like every other individual, every other believer. And even in their humanity, they that teach are partners laboring together with God. It is through their labor that God will erect a spiritual temple that will grow and rise in formidable strength against the kingdom of darkness. To drive his point home, Paul used the analogy of a building. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, and nine, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. We must understand that we are God's architecture, engineered agents of purpose, designed and set to produce kingdom effect and impact in a dying world. Proverbs 24, 3 says, each person must build their works on a foundation of Christ, and those works will be subject to judgment to see what has eternal value. Lasting works are based in valuable, durable, precious things like wisdom and truth. Let us examine the analogy used of constructing a building. The community of Christians in Corinth represents the building that is being built. They are being built up not only in number, but also in their spiritual maturity through teaching and instruction in the way of Christ. Paul is the skilled master building, and he is craft 
contracted by God to lay the foundation of the building, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only foundation on which any church can stand. And with that foundation in place, Paul was left the, has left the scene. He has gone to his next assignment, and new builders have come in to continue the construction and to carry on the work he began. These builders are the teachers and leaders of the church in Corinth. In his analogy, he describes various materials. And these new builders, those who lead the Corinthians in growth and in Christ, might use these to continue the building project. The question is, will they use quality building materials such as gold, silver, and precious stones? Will they labor and dig to spiritually unearth the meat of the word and spiritual gems? Or will they use wood, hay, and straw? cheap, easily acquired, and inferior materials in order to quickly raise walls that cannot enable you to weather the storms of life, enduring hardship like a good soldier. Good building materials include the true teachings of Christ. Truth is high-quality material for growing the church. Teaching that distorts the message of Christ or waters down the truth would be the cheap stuff, and this brings detriment to the church. The other builders represent other Christian teachers who are sent to build on the foundation because they are partnering with Christ and seek to follow his blueprint. It must be their heart's desire to build well. The analogy of high-quality or cheap building materials represent the quality of their teaching and leadership. The quality of the materials matters because there's a coming a day that fire will reveal all of it. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 7 through 8 says, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This specific judgment of God is intended for Christians, not unbelievers. It comes as a fire to test the quality of the work done by the Christian teachers and leaders. It will not be a judgment of the people themselves. This is the Bema seat judgment applied only to those with faith in Christ and only for the sake of determining eternal rewards for the works done by those who serve the church. Romans 8 and 10 tells us we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Rather, this verse speaks of scholars different on whether Paul intends this to mean just the works of the teachers and leaders of the works of all. Christians are meant to use their spiritual gifts and to serve, they use their gifts to serve each other in the church. In either case, the fire of Christ's judgment will show whether that work, not the person doing it, was worthwhile or worthless. The cheap, casual materials Paul mentioned before would be destroyed in a fire while metals and gems would survive. I pray that you experience the gems of the word, that you would grow strong in the Lord and the power of his might and be able to stand in the evil day. Amen. 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 Thank you, Minister Lightfoot. And I advise that we all go back 
and listening to that recording again, there was such richness in the word. Hallelujah. Building the church. Amen. God has given us grace to be kingdom builders. Hallelujah. Thank you, Minister Lightfoot. That was an awesome word. Sister Janice, we're ready for you for the prayer request. Amen. We do praise the Lord for his word this morning. And we thank God for the prayer requests that have come forth this morning from uh, Sister Shirley Burke. She says, please pray healing for my brother Charles McCoy, a believer who was in the hospital with cardiac amyloid. Info about this condition, Charles's heart is not functioning properly and retains too much fluid. The normal range of retention is 300 and Charles is at 10,000. His cardiologist will decide if he needs a defibrillator or some other type of intervention. Thanks for agreeing in prayer with our family for Charles. We are standing in faith and praying for healing over his heart and life in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you this morning that we have you as our father, our friend, our healer, and we thank you for the comfort and the peace of the Holy Ghost in and through us, Father. And we, we thank you that you hear us. You hear your people. You hear your children when we pray. And you send the answer. And you are the answer. Thank you for the honor and privilege of knowing you and serving you. Our lives are dependent on you. For you are our creator, God. Father, we speak your word over Charles and over his heart, over his body, over his life. And, Father God, your word in Psalms 107 and 20 says, God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed. Charles is healed, delivered from death's door. Hallelujah. We give you praise and honor that you are raising him up to be a testimony of your goodness, of your grace and mercy, Father, and that he will continue to go forward in doing what you sent him into the earth to do, that his, Lord God, his destiny will be fulfilled in the earth as you have already purposed that it would be. In Jeremiah thirty seventeen a it says, For I will restore health to you, and I will heal your wounds, saith the Lord. Father, we have spoken your word over your servant, our brother Charles, and we speak life as you are the giver of life. Life, heal, healing and wellness in his heart and body and mind and spirit. Father, let every malfunction of his heart come into order. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we speak to his heart muscle, the heart valves and arteries to cooperate with your word of life. We speak to the kidneys and the brain to function and to the, to the capacity of a young and youthful man in his body. Father, cause those, the, the fluid and retention numbers to come down to normal. We thank you that Charles is healed by your stripes, by your blood. We Expect, hope in, look for you, 
Yahweh, Jesus, our Lord, our everlasting Father, to give, give trials a miracle of healing. Thank you, Lord God, for you are the healer of broken hearts. In Jesus' mighty and excellent, majestic name we pray, and we give you thanks for it, Father God. We're also going to pray for the leadership in the government of California and across the nation, um, all leaders, and we thank God that God will put in place those who he chooses, those who have his agenda, those who have his heart for the people of God and for the nation. Father, we come to you on behalf of the state of California and its leaders, and we pray for your intervention in the matters of government and state assembly and senate. We pray for change in the operation of government, starting at the head, set our government, Lord God, at the head of the seat of our government. Father, put in office those who you who are righteous, Father God, those who you have chosen, those who have the agenda of heaven, your purpose and plan be fulfilled. Father, set things right. We seek order in our government and nation. Hallelujah. Remove anyone who does not have the agenda or plan of action to pursue your purpose and your will. Your kingdom is here, and we need those who will build your kingdom and the earth to govern over the people your agenda. Bring revival. Bring revival. Bring turnaround to the seat of the governorship. You will choose, Father, those, that person you will choose. We thank you that they will sit in that seat and govern as you will lead them. Bring new life to the assembly and the senate, to the, our nation, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that it is so. For you have already put it in our hearts to pray and that you would intervene. Father, let there be peace in the way of California is governed. In the name of Jesus, cause the state to be governed by your desire, your purpose and plan. Let them, let them legislate according to heaven's agenda. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you. Father, we ask that we live peaceable and keep war from our shores, our lands, our seas and skies. In the name of Jesus, give wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to the governorship, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that your word says it is better to have little with a heart that loves justice than to be rich and not have God on your side. Within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. Hallelujah. Proverbs 16, 8 and 9. And we ask you, Father, to let the decisions and the discussions and the execution of matters of state be in alignment with your desire, your purpose and plan. As they seek counsel, may it come from you. Father, we thank you. We come against those things that would oppose the truth. We tear down those things in the name of Jesus that brings deception and let truth always prevail. Let truth be the way, for you are the truth and the way and the life. 
In Jesus' mighty and excellent name, we pray, we give you thanks, we are in expectation, for you are the true and living God who knows how to take care of what belongs to him, and we are your people, the people of righteousness. We are your people, and we thank you that you have, you are better than any earthly father, and you know that you will, and we know that you will, for you are the able God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask or think, and it is so, and it cannot be otherwise. In Jesus' mighty and excellent name, we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Sister Janice. It is so. It is so. Hallelujah. And it cannot be otherwise. According to Matthews 18 and 19, if two of us agree here on earth as touching anything that we ask, it shall be done for them of Father God in heaven. So we know that the petitions that Sister Janice has offered us we agreed with here on earth. So we know Father has heard us and our petitions have been granted. We want to quickly swing back to you, Minister Lightfoot. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us this morning? Yes. Psalms 127.1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And in and of ourselves, we can do nothing. We are totally dependent upon God to help us to do the work. 1 Corinthians 3.13-14 through 14 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. My prayer is that we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, as we co-labor with God to build his building, the church. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Minister Lifelet. Thank you. Okay, saints, corporate prayer will be held this Saturday at the Oakland campus, the Oakland campus. So uh, it's 7 a.m., 7 a.m. You don't want to miss out. Please come out and join us at the Oakland campus for corporate prayer. Okay, so on behalf of Bishop Smith, Pastor Adrian, Minister Lightfoot, Sister Janice, Sister Kimma, and our entire New Destiny family, we say thank you. Thank you for joining the prayer call this morning. It's been rich. Hallelujah. Please invite others to join in with us, 5 a.m., Wednesday, Thursday mornings, and 7 a.m. for corporate prayer on campus or live streaming. Let's go before Father again together in prayer. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for that rich word today. Thank you for your grace, God, that you so freely 
give us. Father, I pray that you bless your children to be true kingdom builders, that we build according to the king's dominion, according to your sovereignty, your control, Elohim. Father, I pray that we operate and build according to your blueprint. As it was pronounced and declared over and over, Psalms 127, except you build the house, Father, the labor is in vain. Except you, Lord, keep the city, the watchmen watch in vain. We don't want to build in vain, Father. Hallelujah. We don't want to watch in vain, Father. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Help us to build according to your will. Hallelujah. Bless us to grow to the full maturity of Christ, I pray. Father, let your glory fill this place. Fill, Father, every temple, Father, that accepts you, that wants to expand, Father. Hallelujah. We pray as Jabaz did in First Chronicles, Father. We call on you, Father, the God of Israel, our God saying, oh, that you would bless us indeed, Father. Enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us. Hallelujah. Keep us from evil, Father, that we don't cause pain, Father, but we bring comfort. We bring joy. We bring your word, Father, everywhere we go. When we walk in, Father, You walk in because we, hallelujah, are hidden with Christ in you. I declare we are the change agents. Let our gifts make room for us and bring us before great men. Expand the territory, Father. Stretch. Stretch the curtains. Build your church, God. Lengthen the cords. Build your church, Father. Fortify the stakes. Build your church, Father. Make us strong, Father, as trees planted by the rivers of water that cannot be moved. Bless your people to stand in the stretching. Bless your people to stand in the expansion. Bless the people to stand as you're moving out the old furniture, Father, and bringing in the new, that which you want in us, dear God, renovating us, Father, for kingdom advancement. In the name of Jesus, Thank you, Father. Thank you for the renovations. Hallelujah. Building according to your blueprint. In Jesus' name, bless your people. 
Bless your people, Father, I pray. Hallelujah. And Father, we bless you. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that every prayer prayed by your Spirit is sealed by your Holy Spirit of promise. And I declare no backlash, no retaliation. No weapon formed against your people shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and our righteousness is of you, Lord. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Sister Kemma, please open the lines for the saints to continue in prayer together. Holy